Hey there, Chip Close here, host of the Restaurant Strategy Podcast, and I've got a favor to ask of you. If you've been listening for a while, if you've gotten any sort of value from this show, from the conversations we have on this show, if you've gotten any insights, if, if we've impacted you or your business in any way, then I want to ask you to go leave us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That, more than just about anything else, is the thing that moves the needle in my small business. Just like you got to collect Yelp reviews and Google reviews, these Apple reviews are the thing that really help me find new audiences and grow this show. So please, go let people know what you've gotten out of this show, why you tune in every week, and why you think others should tune in. And then come back, because today we're doing a really cool episode. I'm going to introduce you to uh, my business partner, a woman named Monica Hammond, uh, and she's going to turn the microphone on me. Uh, this is a, this is an opportunity uh, for me to uh, for me to share my story. She's asking me all the questions and uh, to try and dig in to who I am, what my trajectory has been, what my journey has been, why I do what I do, what the mastermind's all about, what this show's all about. All of that. We actually had a lot of fun. Uh, I was I was more than a little nervous to do it. You, you'll you'll see that when we get into the uh, into the interview. But I hope you get a lot out of it. Uh, it's pretty personal uh, for what it's worth, uh, but uh, but I'm eager to share it with you. Thanks again, and uh, please stay tuned. This episode of Restaurant Strategy. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated solely to helping you build a more profitable and a more sustainable business. Each week, I leverage my 20 plus years in the industry to help you do that, to help you make a more successful restaurant business. I also work directly with owners and operators every single week, operators all over the world through my P3 Mastermind program. This is specifically geared towards owners and operators who have a big, thriving business, generating plenty of revenue, $1 million, $2 million, $3 million, but struggle to drop that to the bottom line. If you struggle to generate consistent, predictable 20% profits, then I'd love to chat with you. I'd love to hear what's going on. I'd love to answer any questions you have about the program I run so we can see if you're a good fit for that program. There's absolutely no pressure. That call is absolutely free, but... You get started by visiting restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Set up a call with me or someone from my team so we can just get to know each other a little better. Restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. And again, that link is in the show notes. Now, thousands of restaurants across the country use KickFin to send instant cashless tip payouts directly to their employees' bank accounts the second their shift ends. It's a really simple solution to a really big problem. Because let's face it, paying out cash tips to your workers day after day, shift after shift, is kind of a nightmare. Tedious tip distribution takes managers away from work that matters. It's hard to track payments, which leads to accounting and compliance headaches. Plus, cash tip-outs create the perfect opportunity for theft. And guess what? There's never enough cash on hand to pay out those tips, so managers are constantly making bank runs. Bottom line, there's never been a secure, efficient way to tip out until now. Meet KickFin. KickFin is an easy-to-use software that sends real-time, cashless tip payouts straight to your employees' bank accounts 24-7, 365. 
Chipping out with Kickfin gives managers and operators hours back in their day. It makes reporting a breeze and protects your business from mistakes and theft. And guess what? Employees love it, so it's one of the best recruiting tools out there. Best of all, restaurants can have Kickfin up and running overnight. Employees can enroll in seconds. No hardware, no contracts, no setup fees. Get in touch today for a personalized demo and see how restaurants and bars across the country are tipping out with Kickfin. Visit kickfin.com slash demo. And yes, that link is in the show notes. Hey there, I am Monica Hammond here and welcome to this very special episode of the Restaurant Strategy Podcast. You may have guessed... I am not Chip Close. (laughs) I am a business coach, and Chip is actually one of my very favorite business partners. Uh, What he has done for restaurant owners and the industry has just been amazing through his podcast, uh, through all the speaking gigs that he does, his book coming out, his mastermind program. So I thought it would be really valuable to actually turn the mic on him today um, and learn a little bit more about him and how he got started in this um, and what he's got going on. So thanks so much for chatting, Chip. My pleasure. Thanks for doing this. I, uh, I think this will be fun. Yeah. Um, Cool. So for those of you who don't know, Chip has over two decades of operational experience in the restaurant industry. He's opened uh, restaurants with Michelin-starred chefs, uh, collaborated with numerous James Beard award-winning chefs. Uh, He is a contributor for Bar and Restaurant uh, Magazine and travels the country as a very noted uh, speaker as well. So he gives presentations on marketing and operations and technology, really everything within the restaurant industry. So um, for Inquiring Minds Chip, I am curious, what got you started in the restaurant industry? So uh, my undergrad degree is in musical theater, which you know something a little bit about. I think we both got our start in theater Uh, And I did what uh, any out-of-work actor does when they move to New York City. Uh, I got a job in restaurants. And um, I'm sort of sensitive to this because in the beginning, my life in restaurants was really a means to an end. And for the first, I'll say, year, I I didn't like it very much at all. Um, I sort of made my peace with it, and I was learning a ton, and that was interesting. uh, But I didn't didn't enjoy it uh, very, very much. Uh, And that's because I wasn't really doing – every time I was in the restaurant, it was sort of a reminder that I wasn't doing what I really came to New York to do. And at a certain point, um, you know, I I was working again as an actor, and I would just come and go, and that sort of gave me balance. Um, The further I got into the industry – because I came and I got a job hosting – um, that didn't pay very well, so I tried to get a job server uh, serving, and I did that. Um, eventually, I got good enough to get a better job serving at a better restaurant, and then a better restaurant. Um, and the the further I moved up the food chain, uh, the more I was exposed to, um, the more I learned, uh, and, and I learned about food and wine and and, and cocktails and and beer, and in a really in a really deep way. I moved over into fine dining, and and that was sort of where I spent the majority of my operational career. Um, opening a ton of restaurants, uh, running restaurants at a very, very high level. And at that point, uh, while stressful, it became a lot of fun to me. And what I realized is that uh, here I was in New York to pursue a creative career, and I didn't realize all the creativity that was that I was surrounded with in the restaurant industry. I was working with some of the most creative people, um, the most creative people I'd ever known, uh, just sort of using a different medium than what I was used to. And when I when I understood that, when I realized that, and when I realized in many ways, for me at least, uh, the restaurant industry uh, allowed me more creative freedom 
uh, than a lot of the, the performing career did. That's when I started really giving over to it and pursuing some really cool uh, opportunities that I would have never had a chance to do. But I I'm sensitive to it, and this is why I started this, because I think in our industry, we've got sort of two kinds of people that we, that we employ. We got people who want to do it, who love it, who went to school for it, are passionate, driven. They are in this industry no matter what. And then there's the rest of us. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, it's more than a 50-50 balance. I want to say 70% of the people in our industry just sort of come in through the back door or the side door. And, uh, and I'm certainly one of those. And I think making sure people know that there, there's a place for them in this industry and that there, there are ways that they can flourish and grow, that's how I got started. And, and I'd love to say it's, it, was, it was something else, but that, that's the reality of, of what brought me in and, and, and what kept me here. Amazing. So you started out, like you said, sort of through the side door, the back door. How did you know it was time for you to move into more of like a consulting or coaching role? How did you get there? You know what? It was a it's a it's a really great question. And it took a long time for me to get there. Um, ultimately, I always joke around. I say uh, my, my my business started eight years ago. Uh, my son is also getting ready to turn eight. Like that that's not an accident. Um, I just realized that my schedule, uh, while working in restaurants was going to be nights, weekends, holidays. I mean, uh, during the COVID pandemic, when everybody was stuck at home, that was the first Thanksgiving meal I'd ever had at home in my adult life because I was working every single Thanksgiving. And for many people, they love it and they need it and, and they do that. And I'm grateful for that, um, as a consumer, as a diner. But I realized at a certain point, I was like, no, I want it to be home uh, weeknights uh, for, for family dinner. I want it to be home on weekends. I want it to go to swim practice and the t-ball games and soccer and all of that. And I want it to be around for the holidays. So I, I did the only thing that I knew how to do. I sort of took the skill set that I had amassed. Um, and at the time, I, I started my consulting business in the, the marketing side. So social media had really been growing in popularity. And what I think a lot of people realized is they needed high quality content on a consistent basis and they needed people to monitor the feeds, to post the feeds, to publish, to engage with people. And restaurant owners, at least the ones that I knew, were sort of ill-equipped to do one more thing, to wear one more hat. And so at that point, that was, I don't know, 2014, 2015, um, I started reaching out to my network, which at that point had been pretty great. I moved to the city in 2002. So I had all of those years of people that I that I knew and had met and worked with, and I just started uh, picking up the phone and I texted people and I called people and I said, "Hey, listen, I think you need high quality content on a consistent basis." Um, I had always been an amateur photographer and I was around food long long enough that I figured, "Oh, I can I can do this." And so I began shooting food and shooting dining rooms and shooting uh, people and interviewing people and building videos and, and photos and. I started doing social media for uh, for restaurants, and I did that for a, for a long time. Um, I got really into marketing at that point. That sort of led me to go back to school right uh, over the pandemic. Um, and it was when I, really when I went back to school and through the pandemic, I just said, hey, wait, I think I'm leaving a whole bunch on the table, right? Because I had all this operational experience. I understood how to forecast in the budget. I understood uh, food costs and labor costs. And I understood how to train and manage and, and all of this stuff. And I just thought, I'm not helping these restaurant owners with any of that. I'm just helping them with their social media presence and then their web presence and email. And again, helping them with sort of their marketing suite. But I wasn't touching any of the other stuff. And I saw a real opportunity. So that's when my business began to shift. But really, my consulting business began 
uh, when my wife got pregnant, and it only grew over the course of the last, I'll say, eight years or so. Um, and and it's, it's evolved many times over. You're certainly aware of that, um, about how it's changed, certainly over the last two plus years. Yeah, it's amazing to see what you have done, both for yourself and your family, and then also for the people that you help, people in your, your programs and uh, your clients. So talk to me a little bit about why you do what you do. I, I know now sort of when this all started, but really, why do you do it all? So, and that was the right question. I was, I was going to say it. I didn't even realize that was exactly <laughs> the right question to ask. But the, the question is always why, right? Understanding why you do something. Like, like my why is so visceral. Um, and it goes back to the way I grew up. Like, my dad worked two jobs growing up, right? He, taught, uh, he, he worked all day and then would go teach at night. And so for most of the year, I'll say eight or nine months out of the year, he was teaching three or four nights a week. And that's amazing. And I'm grateful for that because he did what he had to do to provide for his family, to be in a great house and a great school district and, and to be able to take us on vacation and, and things like that. But I can remember being a kid, being roughly my son's age now. He's seven, just about to turn eight. But I can remember trying to wait up for him. And he would always get home at like nine or 930 and I can remember going to bed at like 8 or 8.30 and then trying to lie awake, um, trying to wait up for my dad. And as soon as I heard the door, I'd run downstairs and give him a hug and a kiss goodnight. And I can remember waking up the next morning and like opening my eyes, realized I had fallen asleep and it was the morning and like bursting into tears. And that's like, that's visceral for me. So when I realized, you know, life in, the, uh, life in restaurants doesn't, doesn't pay particularly well. And I don't think people work in this industry to get rich. I think we do it because it's fun, because uh, we're around great people. We get to take care of people. We're around the, the best food and wine and beverages in the world. There are many things that we get um, aside from, you know, no one's going to turn into millionaires or billionaires um, running, a, running a small independent restaurant. So it wasn't about that for me. And what I realized is that when I was managing restaurants, I actually wasn't making that much money. And I said, okay. At the time, it was like, you know, I was making, I don't know, I want to say like $80,000 a year. And I'm, and I'm really um, honest and transparent about that number because I think it's a good number. It's a way to provide for your family and all that. But it's not a huge number. It's not 180. It's not a million. It, it's $80,000. And when I stepped back and I, you know, did the math and I said, that's like, that's like $7,000 a month. Like all I have to do is replace $7,000 a month. Could I find seven clients that would each pay me $1,000, you know, and I'll still work just as hard, but work uh, on my schedule, provide some more flexibility. That's why I started my business. And it's funny because it's really where I start with all my clients because you have to understand your why. Otherwise, you're on that hamster wheel. And it's the same no matter what. I mean, I have a small business. It's different than the clients I run, but they have small businesses as well. And if you're not targeting a certain number at the end of each week or the end of each month saying, this is what I got out of it, then, then you're sort of missing something um, really, you're, you're missing something really crucial. There's this, this profit first mentality, right? That, that we start a business to provide for our lives and sooner or later, if we're not careful, our lives are providing for the business, which for a certain point, when you're running a business, and certainly it was for me in the beginning, the first, I'll say three years or so, uh, I was just grinding it out, trying to get new clients, trying to grow my business. But at a certain point, I, I knew where I was going and I knew what it needed to provide me with, which was stability, which was a little bit of flexibility and things like that. And it's the same thing 
I think, with, with restaurant owners. I have a small business. That's what I, I require something of my small business. Um, and I urge all my clients to figure out what they require from their small business. And again, it doesn't have to be a lot. It can be if you want. And, and all the power to you. Uh, but, but you have to define that at the beginning. That's my why. My why is my family. Specifically, my why is my son. I knew that if I was working in the restaurants full time, 50, 60 hours a week, I wouldn't be there at the times that really mattered to me. Pop Menu has reimagined the restaurant. They're breaking the mold of the menu, taking the kitchen doors off the hinges and serving up their most comprehensive technology solution yet. It's called Pop Menu Max. It comes with the previous ingredients you've heard me mention on the podcast, websites designed with SEO, marketing tools to keep you top of mind with guests, and of course, the patented interactive menu technology. But this new recipe brings automated phone answering, third-party online order aggregation, waitlisting, and more to the table. PopMenu's phone answering technology has your ringing phones covered. With artificial intelligence, the simple questions that keep your phone line tied up can now be handled without pulling a staff member from your in-person hospitality. No more missed reservations, asking for your hours, or missed revenue, and that's just the beginning. You have a passion for food. PopMenu has a passion for technology. Together, it's a recipe for restaurant success. Now, even more digital ingredients are in their technology pantry, and Pop Menu is helping restaurants attract, engage, remarket, and transact with their guests on a whole new level. Trust me, if you're a restaurant owner, you need Pop Menu to take your business to the next level. For a limited time only, get $100 off your first month, plus you lock in one unchanging monthly rate. Go to popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy to claim this offer. Again, that's $100 off your first month at popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy. That link is in the show notes. So you, you talk a lot about, you know, profits and profitability of restaurants. And I know that's a lot of the you know foundation of the work that you do with your P3 mastermind members. Why are profits so typically low in this industry? Because like for me as a business owner, I have some businesses that are like a 59% profit margin. And that's how I scale my income and support my family. So why are margins so low? And and how can people, you know, get ahead in life when they're, you know, making two, five, seven percent profit? Yeah, it's true. I mean, at two, five, seven percent profit, it's really hard unless you got a fifteen million dollar restaurant. So, right. you got a restaurant doing fifteen million dollars a year. Okay, I think maybe we can be happy with seven percent of that. But I think most people, I mean, the average independent restaurant in this country makes about one point five million dollars. So, it's a little more. It's about you know a hundred and ten thousand, one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a month in revenue. Like just to give just to give context here, that's the average restaurant in this country. And you're right. I think other people when I talk to people who come from other industries, you know, many other industries have a built-in, I mean, you think about film, right? Film and and sort of uh the theater world, right? There's sort of like a 20%, you know, I mean, production companies who who um who film movies, right? They just add 20% to the top. Whatever they think it's going to cost them, they add 20% so they know they're always going to get taken care of. And certainly other businesses and other internet businesses are 50, 60, 70% profit or more. I think the, the simple question you ask is why are the margins so tight here? Um, there are a couple of reasons for it. Number one, rent keeps going up. Number two, uh, the cost of living right uh, keeps going up. So minimum wage, what we need to pay people. Um, and ours is a people business, make no mistake. It takes people to make it, prep it, cook it, serve it, clear it, clean it. It, it, it is a people business. Um, so that's another big factor. And then over the last uh, couple of years, since the pandemic, as inflation has run away, now we get increasing food costs. So 
all of those sort of chip away at the profitability. But none of that is an excuse for being unprofitable. And I think the biggest reason, the biggest reason restaurants uh, aren't profitable or that the unprofitable restaurants are unprofitable is because they're simply not targeting profitability. That I think the way you have to do it is start with the end in mind. Think about net income as a line item on your P&L. Just like you pay your rent, just like you pay your insurance, just like you make payroll, just like you pay your vendors, you also have to pay yourself. So this idea of this, again, this profit first mentality, it's, you know, a lot of people, and certainly I was like this when I would work at different restaurants, you know, a P&L review at the end of the month or around the 10th of the month, you know, looking at the, at the P&L for the month before, it was like, oh, let's see what happened. Let, let's open it up. Let's flip to the last page and see what we did. It's like, let's make as much money as possible. Let's keep our expenses as low as possible. And the extra is what's left over for us. And while that is the recipe for profit, that's not how we successfully target profit. And I think what we need to do is target it, say from the beginning, you know, if my restaurant's gonna make $100,000, if I think 20% is reasonable, that's $20,000. Okay, we just took 20 points out of the pie. So there's only 80 points left for you to spend on all the things you need to spend. And I think if you come at it from that direction, which is certainly what a lot of other industries do, I always use the factory model, right? <laughs> like nobody, uh, no child at the, uh, you know, my son, right? Never once has my son said, you know, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? I really want to open a factory. <laughs> nobody opens a factory because it's fun, it's exciting, it's extraordinary. The only reason you open a factory is because you know you can make money, because you know you can make a widget for $1 and sell it perhaps for $5. And you know there's a steady stream, there's a market, you can, you can reliably, consistently, sustainably do that every single month. And uh, it's funny, when I went and got my MBA, uh, it, was, uh, it was a food marketing program, and I was surrounded by a bunch of uh, retail people. Uh, people who come from uh, from supermarkets and uh, consumer packaged goods, people who work at uh, Nestle and Campbell's and Nabisco, and they think differently about that. And the the more I sat with them, the more I realized all we do is we run a factory. We bring in raw materials. We do something to the raw materials to create a finished product, and then we have to sell that product. Um, we have expiring inventory, and we provide hospitality and, and all of that. You know, our products aren't shelf stable in the way that uh, you know that cereal is, or soup is, or, or whatever it is. But it's the same thing. We bring something in, we do something to it, and we sell a finished product. That if we're going to do that, just like a factory, we might as well figure out how to do it profitably. And the only way to do that is to target it from the beginning and then work backwards. Smart. That's very smart. I know. I've, I've had the pleasure of speaking with a few of the people who are in your P3 mastermind. And I know that some of them have started either in the red where they're, you know, some months they're not even, they're losing money. And they have gone from that to making three or four times even, you know, where they thought they could be right in a matter of a couple months. So how do you take someone who is losing a few percentage points every month or in certain seasons to you know, five, 10, 20% profitability. Is there some sort of secret sauce <laughs> that you're teaching people? There, there's, there's no grand secret. Uh, the things that I teach and I work on with, uh, with the members of the program are the things that I've just had the great fortune to have learned along the way. And I've understood how to implement them. And if there's anything I do, 
well um, in life, I think it's taking uh, what can be sort of complicated and I simplify it. So when new members come into the group, uh, famously, there's a lot of things we do and there's a lot of nuance uh, that comes with, with coaching uh, every single week. You know, new members come in for a year, so they're, they're with me two hours a week, every single week for an entire year. But when new members first join the group, we do three hot seats, which means there's uh, a hot seat in the first month, hot seat in the second month, and a hot seat in the third month, which just means it's 30 minutes uh, where we focus entirely on them. The biggest things I do for them is number one, I show them how to read a PNL. Most importantly, mm. I show them how to design and how to lay out a PNL because if you don't work with a bookkeeper or an accounting uh, firm that is familiar with restaurants, which a lot of small business owners don't because they just use the accountant they know or the accountant that's in town or the bookkeeper that they find, there's a way to arrange a PNL so that we can read it right. So I show them how to arrange a PNL so that they can see right away what's going right and what's going wrong. Then we show them how to forecast and to budget. Forecasting is just being a fortune teller. Closing your eyes, looking into the future, and using a variety of metrics. There are a bunch of different ways that we show how to do that by looking at the last four or eight weeks, by looking at last year this time, two years ago, by looking at trends and things like that. But close your eyes and say, what do I think I'm going to make in revenue next month? How do we break that down on the first, on the second, on the third, on the fourth? So if I want to make, again, let's use this round number, this $100,000 number, what's my path to $100,000 next month? What do I need to generate on the first, on the second, on the third, on the fourth? This is what all the big chains do, and hardly any independent operators do it. That's how Applebee's stays profitable, one of the ways because they have revenue management. They're targeting a specific number, and they make sure every day they're trying to hit what they need to hit that day in order to hit the major goal. So I show people how to forecast and ultimately how to turn those projections into budgets so that we can budget every major area of the restaurant. It's just like when you go to buy a house. When you go to buy a house, you can look at all the houses you want, but you got to ask the bank what they're willing to fund you, what, what you can afford, right? You go and you show them all your financials and say, what can I afford? And if there's anything that we do in the program is that I'm able to look at everybody's P&L and say, this is what you can afford. And we teach some just some basic guardrail, put some basic guardrails in place to say, at this revenue level, this is what you can afford. Because remember, we said there's 100 points to the pie. If we want to make 20% profitability, which is what we target in the mastermind, we take 20 we take 20% off the table. So if we say, hey, we're going to generate about $100,000 in revenue, we're going to take $20,000, we're going to take it off the top, we're going to put it in the corner, we're going to put a bunch of rabid dogs around that, we're not going to touch that for the month, but it's there, it's ours, ready for whenever we were ready to receive it. It's not a surprise at the end of the month whether it's there or not, we know it's there because it's a line item, we've pulled it out, we've put it into a holding account. Uh, meant to, you know, figuratively or literally. It's there. So that leaves 80 points left. 80 percentage points. So if you're going to generate $100,000, you've got roughly $80,000 to spend on your business in that month if you want to make $20,000 or 20% profit. When you think about that, when you simplify that, it becomes really easy. And I teach what's called the 30-30-20 rule. All your expenses go into one of three buckets. It's either COGS, so cost of goods sold. It's labor, or it's everything else. And everything else is literally everything else. Rent, utilities, insurance, marketing, paper products, all of that. And when you think in terms of that, what's the breakdown for where those three buckets need to be? They can't be any more than 80% of revenue. It's no big secret. That's what we teach, and that's what we show. And with, with, 
the most important part about the mastermind is sort of the side-by-side -side coaching, the guidance that goes along with that. Because uh, I've talked about that on the podcast for years, but it's the, the implementation that I always say, it's not easy. There's something simple about the model, which it has to be, because it's not easy to put into practice, and I understand that. Because I'm going to ask you to make hard decisions and have difficult conversations with different departments or different people in your restaurant. That's what we're there for. That's why members are in for a year, because we get you through the high season, we get you through the low season, we get you through the shoulder seasons, and we have to. They, each of those behave differently, and we have to target profitability differently in each of those seasons of the of the the restaurant. Well, shoot, I feel like I need you as my coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is super informative. Even I don't own a restaurant, but this is I'm going to take some of this right now and go do it for my businesses. So it's good. It's you know, it's just so, you know, if we do these three hot seats, first one is the P&L review. We show you how to how to read and align it. Second one is this forecasting and budgeting. Right. By the second month, you've already gotten a huge amount of knowledge in the mastermind, for example. And then the third one that we do is really about marketing. You know, and teaching you then how do you generate, um, you know, how do you acquire new customers? How do you um, how do you get those customers to come back? And how do you get those customers talking? Right. So there's a as a simple framework that we do at the end of the three months, you've learned a ton. And then we spend the rest of the time just implementing all of this, because like you said, you can sit here, you can hear good ideas. Um, but sometimes the, you know, implementing them, putting them actually into practice is, is the, is the hardest part. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible watching sort of people see it, feel it, realize it, um, and then be able to put it into practice. And you said at the very beginning, these huge moves of going from, you know, I think of, we've got all these case studies now we put, you know, more than 50 people through the program. We've got, I think 55 people currently in the program split between a couple groups. We're opening a third group. So, you know, we're bringing new people into the program all the time and you can see it. You watch people go from, you know, minus 7%, you know, 7% loss to a 10%, you know, in the black over the course of literally two months, because when they see these systems and they're able to put them into place. We've got, uh, we've got a guy in the program who ran 3% profit for 18 months. He took over the business from the previous owner. He ran 3% and he just didn't understand how to make more. The first month he put this into practice, he jumped from three to 15. It was the wow. difference between $6,000 and $27,000 in profit for himself. It's funny, he went and came back and presented the results and he said, he's like, oh, so this is my month and he's being really cool, like cool as a cucumber. And I said, David, what are you doing? Like, you should be freaking out. I'm freaking out for you. This is a huge increase. I mean, I'm huge. And he's like, oh, it, like, don't, don't worry. Like my wife and I had a good cry. And we all sort of laughed, the whole group. And he said, no, 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 like in, in all seriousness, he's like, and I'm gonna get really emotional now, but like, like you've changed our lives. He's like, wow. we've never made $27,000 in a month. And here he's been building this business, right? The previous owner built it for a decade and a half. He took over the business and he ran it for a year and a half. And I think he always knew it could provide, but never expected, never imagined it could really provide there. And really, I think his profitability, because he runs a deli, his profitability is probably somewhere closer to 25% which I told him and he said, I'm happy at 15. I said, you're gonna be even happier when we get to 25. Enjoy 15% now, but, but where do you see when, again, when you put these systems and mechanisms into place, it's just as easy to tar target 20 or 25 for the right concept. And so again, him going from you know, $6,000 a month in profit net income, you know, what goes into his checking account to go to 27,000, 
you know, and it's like, and what he said, it was really, it was so honest, but he said, you, you've literally changed our lives. And it, it's, a, it's a cool thing to be a part of that. That's phenomenal. No, I think it's so smart for people if, if they're struggling with, like you said, they've been doing this for, you know, 15 years or whatever, taking over a business that's been doing this for 15 years, getting the same results. Obviously, something has to change. And if you've been doing it that long and you're banging your head against a wall, like, take the next step, figure, find some help, whether it's like your podcast, the Restaurant Strategy Podcast, mm -hmm. or the program. It's so smart to just be able, and it's not weak. I feel like people can think that it's weak to look for help or hire help, for example, but shoot, when you're getting that kind of result, that's not weak. <laughs> well, and that's, it's so funny, and I say this, and I, and I mean it really. So again, you sort of said it at the beginning, right? I've been doing this for more than 20 years. I mean, 23 years at this point you know, in the industry. And I've worked at a very high level. I've got like 13 Michelin stars on my resume. I've opened a lot of high profile, you know, big deal restaurants in New York City. I opened a place for Richard Gere in upstate New York. It was a, a Relay and Chateau property, with it, which if anyone's listening to this, they know what a big deal Relay and Chateau is and how difficult it is to get that designation. I've done a lot of really big, quote unquote, important things. And this is hands down what I'm doing now through the podcast and now through the mastermind. It's the most gratifying work I've ever done. And like you said, right, it's, it's, I'm profoundly moved by the fact that everybody in the program basically raises their hand and, say, and says, I'm the expert in a bunch of areas, right? They're the boss. They're the top of the pyramid. They run uh, you know, an organization which probably has you know, 20, 30, 50, 100 people that they're responsible for. And they raise their hand and say, but, but there's something I don't know. I'm profoundly moved by the humility that people bring to the table. I think it's so special and I, and I feel so lucky to be a part of that. You know, I've heard people say like, it's like I, I had all this stuff to play the game, but I didn't have the field. Like you showed me the field. And I was like, no, you had the field, you had the players, you had the uniforms, you had all the equipment. All I did was give you the ball. That's mm. it. And so, and, and it really is true when I watch People have everything there. There's just one thing they don't understand. And so if I can show you how to target profit first, how to forecast, how to use those forecasts to generate budgets, how to really understand how to read a P&L so you're not afraid of it, and how to make the choices, right, on a daily basis, weekly basis, to make sure that at the end of the month you get what you need to get, you get what you deserve to get, like, that's awesome. And again, so now we've worked with, uh, you know, over 100 restaurants in this program. Over the course of my consulting and coaching career, I've worked with over 250 restaurants. So I've gotten to peek behind a lot of different businesses. But the thing that that, that common thread is just when people say, like, I don't, I don't know. And I think it's really special. And just watching how far they jump in two or three months. We see huge results in the first three months um, just in, in the program. And so that's really, again, really gratifying to be able to see. That's awesome. So for the P3 Mastermind, I know this is something we've been working on um, for a while together. And we've added in these implementation weekends. I know you were talking a minute ago about implementing these strategies and things that you're talking about. It's not enough to just listen to a podcast and say, okay, great. Now I know that you have to actually put it into practice yeah. and implement this. Talk to me about those weekends and what the purpose is and, and how they're helpful to restaurant owners. Well, so when we started the program, we said, hey, we're gonna meet two hours every single week for an entire year. So that's what they do. They, they meet with me, right? Members come in and they meet with me two hours every single week for a year to work through in a systematic fashion, right? And now we've started adding this like accountability session 
So once a month, we break, uh, we break the members into smaller cohorts, smaller groups, and so they get to meet with one, one of my other coaches, and that helps with accountability, making sure they're actually taking action on the stuff we tell them to do. Everybody in the program gets access to me through one-on-one uh, -on -one coachings, right? We call them office hours. So I open up a couple hours worth of 20-minute coaching sessions. So if there's things that people don't want to talk about in the group setting, we can speak privately. That's there. But the thing that was missing was that, uh, you know, we talk on the phone. We uh, meet on Zoom every single week. Um, but, man, it really is nice. We, we, run, a, we run a people business. Uh, and, and the idea that we could get everyone together actually in the same room so that's what we're doing starting this upcoming year in 2024. We're going to do a weekend in January, all focused on marketing, and then a weekend in July, all focused on operations. So it's basically a two-and-a-half-day um, implementation weekend or, or a summit where everybody in the program gets to come together. They descend. We, we uh, pick a different city every time we go. And so you sort of leave your business for a weekend, right, which – putting into practice everything we talk about. How do you put yourself in a position to step away from the business? Business can survive for a couple of days. So you step away, you come in, and actually we put together a marketing plan. We actually put together a marketing calendar. We actually put together the pieces you need. We find our target audience. We're, we're, we're looking at the what I call the triangle principle. What are we doing for customer acquisition? What are we doing for retention? What are we doing to spark word of mouth? Over the course of the two and a half days, not only are you just going to feed off of the energy in the room by being being surrounded by a bunch of other restaurant owners and operators from all over the world, but you're actually going to walk out with this stuff done. So on the podcast, it's a perfect example. On the podcast, I, I, I show people how to build a marketing plan. I, I give them the instructions. We, we give away the workbooks and all of that. I don't know whether people actually take action and do that. I, I hope that they do. But I know there's probably a lot of people that just never get around to it. And so these implementation sure. weekends are forcing you to clear. There's two and a half days. There's nothing else to do except get this done. So figure out who your target audience is. Do an internal uh, you know, analysis. Do an external you know, competitor analysis. Do your pest analysis. Do your, you know, figure out what your four Ps are. Figure out how, what you're going to take action on. Set deadlines and goals for yourself. We get together in a room and force each other, right? You said implementation and accountability. We're, we're implementing the stuff we talk about, and we're actually holding you accountable so that by the time you walk out of the room on Sunday afternoon, you got everything you need in your bag to go back and deliver to your team. And I think that's really the last piece of this program um, that I'm really excited to put into place so that, you know, and, and that's all included, by the way. It's like, it's it's just part of the program, right? You get yourself there, you put yourself up, but the, the two and a half days of these workshops and sessions and, and all of that, that's all that's all included, that's part of it. And, and again, the key is what you take out of it with you. You've got all these documents, you've got a marketing calendar that you can start using the minute you get back. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I know personally the power of this type of program. I've always been a part of some sort of mastermind group, $25,000, $45,000 a year programs. And the coaching is amazing, these weekly sessions and things. But these weekends where you literally are forced to set aside time to focus on nothing other than your business, are it's just so powerful what can come out of these. So I'm excited that this is it all included, which is amazing. So, and you know, there's this thing, right? There's that saying, there's that quote that says, you know, you are a result of the five people you are you surround yourself with or the 10 people you surround yourself with. When you surround yourself with people who think small, you're going to play small. 
And when you start uh, surrounding yourself with other people who are thinking like you want to be thinking, who are looking at problems differently, who, who have a different mindset, I have a different mindset. I know how rare it is what I'm asking people to do, but I know the impact we're able to make to take them from negative 10 to plus 10, from three to 15, from you know minus five to 22. I've seen, I've seen it happen. There are huge, huge changes. And when you surround yourself with other people who start expecting more of themselves and their business, you can't help but expect more of yourself and expect more of, uh, of your business. I always say restaurant owners deserve a business that works as hard as they do. You just have to put the systems in place that will allow it uh, to do that. When you surround yourself, especially on these weekends, and you know firsthand because you've been doing this for a, a long time as part of your masterminds and all that, when you go in there and you realize, man, everybody's playing at a certain level, right? And in yeah. your market, right? So as a restaurant owner, the other eight restaurants that are in your are on your block or in your shopping center, the, the 10 restaurants that are closest to you, I'm guessing that 90% of them are probably playing small. And mm. you have to seek out people who also want to think like you think, who are ready to think big. Again, and, and I say this on the podcast all the time, it doesn't matter what you want, right? So I always say profit is the one thing, is the most important piece of your business. Profit is a means to an end. So if you want to expand your business, you're going to need more capital. You're going to need to make more profits so that you can generate capital, save capital, so that you can reinvest to move to a bigger space or to expand your location or to open a second location of your place. If you want to franchise, you need to show profitability. The number I always hear is something like 22 to 27%. Because if you're going to look at a franchisee in the eye and say, yep, we make 10% profit. And you're going to pay a 6% license fee or a 6% royalty plus 2% marketing fee, which is pretty typical for a franchisee. So that's 8%. So you're saying, I know how to, you know, I'm going to give you a business. I'm going to sell you a business that makes about 10% every month. You're going to pay me 8% of that. I don't think a lot of people want to get into business to make 2%. It's sort of where we started this conversation. So right. if you want to franchise, you need to get above 20% because you need to be able to look franchisees in the eye and say, hey, we built a business that makes 22%. The fees are 8%, but then you're still going to clear 14% every single month. Here's a business that's ready-made for that. So if you want to expand, you need profit to be able to expand. If you want to franchise, you need to be able to show profit to a potential franchisee. If you want to just step away from your business, you need to make profit so that you can spend some of that on people who can replace you, who can do the things you're doing. And if you want to just sell your restaurant, if you say, hey, I'm really done. I've done this for a long time. You need to show consistent profit every single month so that the business looks as, as valuable as it can be so that you can look somebody in the eye, a potential buyer, and say, yep, look at this. For the last two years, for the last three years, we've generated 18 to 22% every single month. This is a valuable business that I'm going to sell you. So whatever you want in, in, out of those scenarios, it, it all comes down to profit. Profit is what we need to focus on to get whatever you want that's behind that. So if I'm a restaurant owner and I am working, what, 80 hours a week, I, maybe I'm, I'm making some good revenue here, you know, hundreds of thousands, maybe even a million dollars, but I'm netting next to nothing. What should I do? Is there some way, you know, we're, this is a podcast, right? I could easily walk away from this and do nothing, but what yep. can someone do right now to take action and start this process of implementing what you're talking about? Yeah. So, and I'll start off by saying is that you're, you're not alone. Like, the, the majority of restaurants in this country, the majority of independent restaurants, will never make more than about 6% profit. 
we know that the data is hard. That's straight from the National Restaurant Association. That's straight from a, a separate um, uh, uh, research um, project that was run by Toast. We know that they will never make more than about 6% profit. So if you are in that single digit land, know that you're not alone and, and that other people are, are, are struggling with the same thing. So take, uh, take solace in that, right? It, it, it's humbling and, and I get it. You can try to do it yourself. You know, we, we sort of gave some of the pieces here. Look at your budget, target profitability, figure out what you want to make every month, set that aside, make sure all your other stuff. Um, all the pieces are out there. If you've already done that, which I'm guessing if people are listening to this, they, they probably have listened to a bunch of other podcasts. They probably follow other sort of thought leaders, speakers, consultants in the industry. Uh, maybe they've even listened to the Restaurant Strategy podcast. So for anyone out there who has done that and still hasn't, gotten the results, hasn't seen the impact, that's where I would urge you to, to put yourself into a program and to, to inquire about a program. And, and to be absolutely clear, there are a lot of great programs out there. Uh, you can go find whoever fits with you. I run the P3 Mastermind. It's something that I feel really passionately about. The community that I'm building is, uh, is really incredible. Um, it's way bigger than me. I'm just one little, uh, one little piece, the moderator in the center of that. Um, but if there's anything I've done, it's acted as a connector because people come in through the um, uh, through the podcast. They come in through my list. They find me from speaking gigs when I when I travel all over the world to do these gigs. And so I'm sort of building a community. I mean, we've got more than what eleven or twelve thousand people on the email list at this point of people who have said, "Hey, I like what you're doing. I want to learn more, and, and and you're helping me in some way." The best way to get started with the P3 Mastermind, if you want to learn more about what we do, is to simply set up a call. If you go to the website, it's restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. You basically set up a free 30-minute call with me or one of the other coaches. Uh, there are a bunch of people who are well-equipped uh, to, to listen to your story. And the program's not right for everybody, right? So typically, we want people, uh, we want restaurants that have some longevity, right? So not necessarily a, a brand new restaurant. Uh, we want somebody who's, who's been around a year or so, at least, um, we always say uh, they, it's nice when they're generating about a million dollars in revenue. It means that uh, from, from our perspective, uh, that you know what you're doing, right? That, you, uh, that you've done the hard work, you've got good food, got good service, you're creating, um, you're creating a hub for your community, you're serving your community, people love what you're doing. That the people that we end up working with have that in common, that they've been around for a while, people love them, great food, great service, it's a great restaurant. They just can't drop a meaningful number to the bottom line, which is where we come in. We'll show you how to read the P&L. We'll show you how to get some sort of financial literacy in that area, show you how to forecast, how to use the projections to generate budgets, show you a more actionable, meaningful way um, to market, right? How to apply what I call that the triangle principle. How do you get people in? How do you get people back? How do you get people talking? There are specific, tangible things we can take action on. So go to the website, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule, and there's no pressure. It's absolutely free. It's a 30-minute call. Even if at the end of that call you say, this isn't right for me, I, I don't think this is the step I want to take right now, you will still come away with value. It's important to me every time I get on a call to leave the, the callers with something that they can go take action on. Think of it like a little 30-minute coaching session. So we're going to say, Moving forward, I would focus on this, this, and this. And if you join in the program, that's what I would help you do. But if the program is not right for you, if you don't feel like it's right, then you go do it yourself. The power of the group is that, again, 
We help with the implementation. We help with that accountability. We help uh, provide guidance and insight. You really pull from the wisdom of the group. So there's real value as being in the group. Uh, but that's the step that I, that I would take. If, if you're curious about this, if you're sort of ready to raise your hand and say, hey, I know all this. I just don't know this one thing. Can you help me? Yeah, we can. And we, and we do. We help tons and tons of restaurant owners all over the world. Amazing. Well, I just personally want to thank you so much for all the work that you do uh, in your industry and helping restaurant owners really achieve this level of success that that is honestly just changing people's lives. No. So and thank you thank for you. and thank you for doing this. I mean, you had asked to turn the microphone on me and uh, not that I'm shy, but like but I'm not the I'm not the focus. And, and that's it's uh, usually how I feel is that. Yeah, I take the stage. Yeah, I, yeah, I wrote a book. Yeah, I am on the podcast. But so much of what I do is is about everyone else. So um, I'm sort of a little sheepish about saying, you know, this is what I do. This is why I do what I do. This is how I got involved in in what I do. So, uh, but this has been really good. And it's really fun. So I appreciate you uh, you pushing me to to turn the to turn the mic this way. Absolutely. My pleasure. So again, if anyone out there would like to set up a call with Chip or someone on his team, it is restaurantstrategypodcast.com backslash schedule. Um, and I will, I will sign off as your, uh, you know, temporary host here on the Restaurant Strategy Podcast. <laughs> Thanks again, Chip. Thank you. So once again, we did something a little bit different on this week's episode. I appreciate you sitting through it. Hopefully you got something out of it, hearing uh, about me and my story, my journey, hearing about the mastermind and, and the impact that we make. I appreciate you guys showing up every single week. We haven't talked about it yet today, but I will remind you, The Restaurant Marketing Mindset. That's my book. It is out now. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Barnes & Noble. Or if you're in the United States, you can go to The Restaurant Marketing Mindset. Dot com. You can order your copy there. All of those copies will be signed. And just like the difference between first party and third party, I see every single dollar that's generated there on that website. So again, the restaurantmarketingmindset.com. I appreciate all of you being here and I will see you next time. <laughs>